And, and so this morning, what I want to do is I want to kind of put a, a tie, a ribbon and a bow around the series that we've been doing. Pastor Josh has been doing a great job. I know that. Come on, give it up. And, uh, and so, I mean, I'm just hearing great things, great reports. I've met with different couples, myself, talked to different people. But this morning, I just want to start. We're going to talk about staying pure. And what does that mean, Pastor? I'm going to talk a little bit. You know, here's a question. We have, here's the question I have. Are great relationships even possible? Okay. Let me just tell you something. I don't believe great relationships are possible if you do it by the way you want to do it. If you do it by culture, if you do it by what you, you see on TV or what you see on the movies, you're not going to have a great relationship. You know, I, I read a thing about Jennifer Gardner and Ben Affleck, Flick, Flack, whatever his name is. And, and, it, and she was like, she was like, you know, it's like he's the night. He, we got a divorce, but he's still my knight in shining armor and all this stuff. And it didn't work. And, you know, when I, you know, it, it was just like, wow. And it's like, I was just, it's just sad because in the middle of that, how I many you know there's kids involved? And I know that I walked through the pain of, I was not, my wife and I have never had a divorce. Never, there was a rumor one time that all, her, all the kids were her kids going around town and, and me and her just had Luke and Libby and the rest were from her previous relationship. Can I just tell you something? She didn't went married before, I know for a fact. And, and so, but, you know, and it's like, I think about, you know, it's like, and so what I want to tell you this morning is that I believe that if there's not, there's not a possibility of good relationship. The only way that you can have a good relationship is that if you live by God's standard, how many of you know, God wrote the design book on relationships. It's kind of like you go to your car, the two least read books in the whole world is the, is the Bible and the owner's manual of your car. But let something go wrong and you start pulling those things out and go, why is that green light or that red light there? And all of a sudden we begin to see that, that, that outside of God's design, we just can't make relationships can be great if we follow God's way. How many of you know that we've all been hurt by different relationships? You know, I mean, it could be marriage. It could be dating someone in high school. It could be whatever it was. We all have the residue of what happens when we have jacked up relationships. And then those relationships many times come back. They begin to haunt us. And we go, man, you know, can I even have a good one? And so many people have found the Lord because they were hurt by a relationship. And we, we begin to feel like, man, maybe if I get to know God, the God of this book right here. And by the way, I'm going to preach from the Bible this morning. Is that all right? I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go old school on everybody this morning. All right? We're going to pull the Bible out a little bit. And so what's got, what, what I want to talk to you, there's a portion in, in Lamentations. And Lamentations is just a cry. That's what Lamentations means. It's, just, it's Jeremiah just crying out. He's talking about some relationships that he had and some relational pain, relational hurt. And then he just goes, I remember my affliction and my wondering and the bitterness and the gall. I well remember then and my soul is downcast within me. You ever feel that way? Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Let me just say, you can have hope again. And that's what this message is all about. It's having hope again and having the right relationships in your life. And he kind of turns it around. He says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Look what he says. For his compassions never fail. They They are new every morning. And I love this. And great is your faithfulness. In other words, you know, God delights to show mercy. The best part of God's day is waking up and showing out 
His new mercies. How many of you know God's mercies are new every day? Aren't you glad for that? How many of you need the mercy of God every day when you wake up? The best part of your day is not waking up to Folgers. The best part of waking up is knowing that God can have mercy because you messed up the day before or the night before or before you went to bed, you and your mate just had an argument. Or, but if you've been listening to Pastor Josh, you're learning how to make up. And having fun about it. Come on. But see, every day you can have from this day forward moment. See, what we've been talking about in this series, we talked about, first of all, you got to learn to seek God. He's number one priority in your life. And if you have a mate, if you have a wife, she's number two or he's number two, whatever it is, that God is number one. And that means that we need to seek God. What means seeking God is that you need to pull this book out every once in a while and go, God, what are you trying to speak to me here? This book is alive. It's living. It's active. It begins to show you the motives of why you live and who you're living for. This book is incredible. It'll teach you how to have a good marriage. It'll teach you how to bring in forgiveness. It'll teach you how to make a a wrong right. It'll tell you how to make restitution. It'll tell you, I mean, it'll tell you how to be a good citizen, how to be a good politician. We need a few of those. We're not going there today. The the second thing we talk about is learning to fight fair. We We all have conflict. Come on, anybody been fighting this week? Come on, let have a little confession. Just me. All right. Well, see, what happens is we, we want to fight the right way. Okay? The, sec- the third thing, we, we want to have fun. Romance doesn't set, stay on fire. That means you got to, you know, kind of like sometimes it's like a, a fire and you got to stir up the coals. Come on. Get that poker in there and start poking it around and... and and you go, come on, baby, let's put some more logs on this thing. And what I want to talk about this morning is just staying pure. We want to, how many of you want a great relationship? Come on, y'all can help me preach. I've been, listen, I've been in Eunice, bless you, Miss Jean. I've been in Eunice and I've been in Crowley. And can I tell you something? They've been preaching with me this morning. That's all I got to say. You know what, what preaching with me? Come on, come on, pastor. I've seen him pull out a hanky every once in a while. I surrender. I've been way too long. Anyway, just. <laughs> you better define what staying pure principle is all about. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. That's what I wanted to just to discuss with you. And how many of you know and the last thing that, that, that you really need to know about marriage is you never give up. Just never give up. Great relationships aren't going anywhere. Because see, what happens when I, I was at a wedding yesterday and it was when Pastor Josh was talking, this is not a contract. This is a covenant. Because we know this. How many of you know that, you know, you might not want a divorce, but murder has entered your mind once in a while. Come on, you're not going anywhere, but you thought, I'm going to kill him. Because we know there's no way out but the grave, right? You see, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, marriage should be honored but that's what the way god set it up it should be honored and by by all and the marriage bed kept pure for god will judge the adulterer and all sexual immoral i i can i could give you thousands of verses on sexual immorality i could talk about those many many of those things god is not a restrictive god because see we've gone up in church and everybody when you grow up in church he wrote you know he wrote everything in this book 
not for his benefit, but for our benefit. Does that make sense? And what happens when you don't see God in the right way because you haven't got delved into the book? I encourage you to get in the book because the... Because you know what? When, when, when people say things about the Bible or Christians or what it is, and like, you know, it's, I can't believe statements. So you know, well, you know, like, you know, what did you hear on, on the media? Like, wait a minute. That's not what my book says. That's not what the Bible says. Because, see, I believe that there are a lot of standards of purity and a lot of people turn their noses up to God. I go, well, you, y'all do that now? That's stupid. Or, you know what, yeah, no one lives like that anymore. Come on, get real, Pastor Bubba. Really? Listen, I'll just know this. If I messed around with someone else, the spirit, I'm going to say it. I don't care what you think. The spirit of ba- uh, Lorraine Bobbitt would jump on my wife. <laughs> And if you don't know who she is, talk to someone that just laughed. That's the gospel truth. Listen, I'm going out of town this afternoon, and then I come back for three days, and I go to England with Zach and another guy from Crowley. We're preaching, and we're going to places. Listen, we ain't going there. Here's the thing. I want to talk to you about this. I I, I could have given you a thousand verses, but Ephesians says, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. In Thessalonians, it says like it is God's will that you should be sanctified. That means set apart. Okay, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a, a holy life. See, sexual immorality in the... I want to take you all the way back to the Greek. And every pastor has a Greek dictionary. And it talks about words. And sexual immorality is this. It, gets, it comes from one word. And the, name, and the Greek word is porna. Where we get the word pornography from. In other words, anything outside of marriage that you do, that's what it's saying. It's not my opinion, okay? This is God. This is the book. This is going back to what it really means. Are y'all with me right now? It means anything outside of marriage. It means lust. It means living together. I I didn't write this. God did. Especially, don't follow your feelings. You know, feelings. Nothing more than feelings. You know, how I many you know you can't live by your feelings? I could do the Boston feel more than a feeling. I'm thinking about that in you know, a Boston. You remember that? I was 10th grade. My favorite album. Anyway, it's more than a feeling. Because how I many you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning. It's not about a feeling. They wake, they turn over. Good morning. Oh, my God. I've had nights where I'm going to tell my, my little girl, tell her goodnight. She goes, Daddy, you need to brush your teeth. <laughs> she loves me. She tells me the Bible says better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. And so, you know, it's like everything, you know, we can't, they lie, you know, our feelings lie to us sometimes. How I many you know that? 
We have to base our life on truth and God's word. And see, everybody, especially the men in this house, I believe that you should read Proverbs chapter 5, 6, and 7 at least once a month. And I, you women as well. But it's, it's just a charge. It's an encouragement. Because why? The Bible says, let me just give you an example. In Proverbs 5, verse 8, it says, Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. In other words, it's saying use a little wisdom. There's some things that you don't need to go by. There's some things you don't need to do. There's some doors that you don't need to open up in your life. Because if you do, you'll go further than you thought you'd ever go. You'll stay there a little longer than you wanted to stay. And you'll end up hurting the people you didn't want to hurt. You see, I'm trying. First, First Corinthians chapter 6 says it like this. It says, flee from sexual immorality. You are not your own. Listen to what it says. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. It says, flee sexual immorality. Run, Forrest, run. That's what it really means. You see, when it comes to sexual sins, you just got to learn to run. If you're not a Christian, can I just get, can I, your body's your own. You can do whatever you want with your body. Because you know what? You, you, you can make your own choice, whatever you do with your body. But as a Christian, I gave that up. On May 15th, 1980, that you know what? For those that do you that you love the Lord, you're not your own. You don't own your own, your, your own self anymore. The Bible says that I've crucified the flesh. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives within me. You see, we gave God our life and we gave him our best and he gives us his life. And cool, cool, the cool thing is he gives us his best. I want that. How many of you want God's best for your life? You got to live it the way God designed it. So what I want to do, Damon, won't you help me, man of God? And so this morning, I'm going to give you an illustration. You're not going to forget this message. I promise you, because what's going to happen is just bring it right here. Because I see these tape marks where I can't go past Pastor Josh. I don't know where he is, but it's kind of like my shock collar this morning. Okay, just put it right there. Okay, what happens? Thank you, man of God. Y'all give it up for Damon this morning. Okay, what I want to do is I'm going to make a fire. Did you bring the gas and the matches as well? Okay, wait, just wait. Hold on, I'll get you that in a minute. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to give you an illustration. And it, what happens is, how many of you know having a fire is not a bad thing? It's where you have the fire though, right? I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm going to, okay. So this morning, we're going to make a fire in the sanctuary. Some people have been praying, Lord, I pray that they just get on. Pastor Bubba and Pastor Josh get on fire this morning. So we're just going to bring a little fire with us this morning. Is that all right? All right. Y'all got it? Y'all see it? All right. So this morning, what I want to do is, the problem is not the fire itself, but where I decide to have the fire, right? Because see, in church, they say, oh, no, you can't do that. No, not here. No, stop. Don't. No, 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 no. And so what happens is, how many of you know God put passion in every side, inside of every one of us? But the church is distorted at many times where passion should lie. And so what happens is, the thing is, you know, passion's not the problem. But if we can contain that and choose where we put it, because how many know it's not a good thing maybe to have a fire in church this morning? How many think we might ruin the carpet? You know, and if it spreads, we're going to burn the chairs. We're going to burn the building. And the insurance company will not like it that I started a fire on the stage. 
how did the fire start? Well, I decided Sunday I'd just give the church people a little example. So I lit a fire. Naaman brought the gas. It's all his fault. The message in the church has been, stop, don't have a fire. But it's not the message of the Bible. God created the passion. God wants you to burn, baby, burn. Because see, like, it's, not, it's not fine to have passions in the wrong place. See, when I got saved, Pastor Jacob said, man, you, he'd get us all and go, y'all want to be rebels? Come on. Because, you know, most people that send their kids to youth group, go, they're a rebel. You know, I brought them to youth group, they're all rebels. But you know what I've learned? If you take kids that want to be a rebel and you give them something to live for, like we're going, like we used to go to the strip and tell people about Jesus. Not, that's not the, now when I say that in Jenny's, I got to be careful. The strip, Pastor, that don't sound good. I remember we brought Pastor Willem here. We go, yeah, we're going to the strip mall. They're from Africa. They go, what? The strip mall. We ain't going to the strip mall. And so what happens is, is we go and we share with people about Jesus. We go, we would go do just crazy stuff. And so what happens is it's fine. It's fine to have passions. It's just not fine to have those passions in the wrong place. God doesn't condemn you for what you feel, but he puts those feelings. How many of you know God put those feelings inside of us? Here's the thing I want you to know. Passions need parameters. Passions need parameters. God has a standard that makes those passions burn bigger and brighter. As Christians, we're supposed to be the most passionate people on the face of the earth, right? We have something to live for. We have something to be excited about. That my life was a wreck. My life was a mess. My relationships were jacked up. But I met Jesus and he changed me from the inside out. And it doesn't matter what I look like on the outside, on the outside but it's, 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 it's what he's done on the inside of me. And see, Galatians said, those who belong to Christ, Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified them. Purity matters. Then you know what? You know what? I don't think anybody in America wants to go, you know, 70% of people in America, you know, have a dream of being hooked to pornography. Then 50% of marriages end in divorce. You know, can you imagine? I get up here, well, three marriages. I've just lived to have three marriages and hooked on porn, and I'm on my fourth divorce. Isn't that what we live for? Come on. But what happens is when you do, when, that's why so many people are jacked up because they're just hooked on those things. You see, I want to talk to you about four things that will give you parameters of purity this morning. And they're biblical, and we're going to talk about them. The first one is this. Are you all with me? Yeah. You've got to make a commitment to God's standards. Pastor Bubba, what is God's standards? It's right here in this book. The biggest battle that we're all going to have, I'm going to talk about it. The, first, the battle always starts right here in the mind. The Bible says to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You see... We got to make a commitment to God. God says there's some things in his word that are not popular to culture. Listen, I don't care what the politics say. I don't care how you legislate things. I don't care how you try to make things fair for everybody. I just know what the word of God says. And see, are you going to follow culture? Here's the thing. Are you going to follow culture or are you going to follow God? See, as God, he has, he has exclusive rights to determine the content, containment of what this book says. In other words, 
You know, I've had people ask about, but what do you think about the political debate on sexuality? Look, can I just tell you something? I had a, we had a work day, and some guys were talking to me about a situation, and I just looked at them and said, I really don't have an opinion. What, Pastor? I said, because can I tell you something? God's spoken, and I'll even have thought. If, Christ, if I'm a Christ follower, i got to stop having an opinion, and i just got to depend on what the book says. Even if I don't agree with what the book says, I come in line to what the book says because that's what God said. That's my opinion. Are you hearing me? You see, we have too many people that have too many opinions. How many of you know talking about all you opinionated people? How can a young man, the Bible says, how can a young man keep his way pure? This is David, by living according to the word. I'm calling you to follow God's way. I'm calling you God is right and his way is right. It brings pleasure. It brings, can I tell you something? It brings satisfaction. Come on. Can you know, I can't get no satisfaction. I don't know what I'm on. I'm on my old 70s thing. I don't know. I hadn't been listening. I haven't been listening to the series, uh, you know, Channel 7. But I just, it's something in me. Because you know what? People are looking for satisfaction. Oh, Mick, he's been looking for satisfaction. How many girlfriends has he had? How many children does he have by different girlfriends? And a few boyfriends, anyway. Well, it's true. Here's the bottom line. God is not against you. God is for you. Well, God's trying to keep me from, no, he's not. He's trying to protect you. He loves you enough that he doesn't make you do what you want to do. He, he loves you enough that he shows you if you're open and if you're going to be real. And if you begin to examine this book, you see there's a loving father. I can find Jesus throughout this book. Jesus was the greatest prophet. Jesus was, is the coming king. Jesus is coming for you and I. He came. You know, the floods of life come, but Jesus has come to stop the flood. The second thing is manage your mind. All impurity starts right here. But you got to watch your eye gates. It's inc- you know, all impurities are, there's no such thing as a one night stand. You know why there's no such thing as a one night stand? Because you've been thinking about it for two weeks. Oh, you might have had it, it might have been one night, but you were already thinking about it. You were already conceiving it. Y'all got quiet on me on that one. You've been thinking about it. See, singles, let me just encourage you. You have to monitor your media intake and marry people. You have to decide what you're going to watch and what you're going to listen to. Because can I tell you something? Right here, throw me my phone, baby, because I can't get out of the square. I'm I'm in my shock collar thing. (laughs) I feel it. Thank you. You got to watch this. It's not just what you see, it's what you read. And what you allow a seed to be planted in your heart. Because, see, it's not like when I was a kid. I mean, you had to go find something. You know, you had to go find a Playboy and you had to do or whatever kind of magazine it was. You know, I'm just being real with y'all. Now it's just the tip of the finger and you just go beep, 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 and it's there. And it doesn't get there by mistake. I don't know how it jumped on the screen, baby. Oh, no, it didn't. I just want to say this. The enemy will use it like a hook. It's like going fishing. You know, if you're going to catch a fish, you got to find something shiny, something to get attraction to that fish. 
and that fish sees a little glimmer or a little, little, little reflection, and that fish is going, whoa, what is that? And that's how we are sometimes. What was that? Ooh, yeah. Well, everybody else is doing it. Hey, listen, just because everybody else is doing it don't mean you got to stand up on the corner and jump head first and go, hey, you know, I had a great feeling. No, you'll be dead. But here's the thing. If you're not filtering your Internet, that's not smart at all. Because can I just say something? I'm, listen, I all my guys at my church, Pastor Josh, Zach, they know how to get in the computer. They can see what I'm looking at. My wife has total access. I, I have the thing where you, it goes on every media. Th- everything you look at can be going to my iPad, my computer. You know what I'm talking about? And that's how you need to live your life open. Wow, Pastor, you need to be open. Because the enemy is after you. I read a, 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 I know a friend that... Just lost his marriage because he wasn't like that. And I, I'm, not, I'm not condemning him, but I'm just, it's sad. Because you know why? There's kids involved. There was a marriage that had a dream and a vision, and that's dead now. And see, the Bible says this in Job. He says, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully on a woman. I will, in, in Psalms, says, I will set before my eyes no vile thing. You need to be protective and not reactive. Proactive. You need to be proactive, not reactive. In other words, I, I'll tell you, it's taken 16 years. Even though we've, I've lived here 14 years, it took 16 years to start this church. It can only take one bad decision. We're one bad decision away from destroying this church. Are you hearing me? We're all one step away from stupid. Amen? Amen. I talked to a young man who goes, what if I'm two steps into it? Here's the, here's the thing is, if you're in it, there's hope. There's deliverance. You know, it's not, the Bible says the gospel is not by words, but it's by a demonstration of power. Amen. And what happens is when you surrender to Jesus and say, God, take all of me, I want I want all of you, but I need, I want to surrender all of me. If you, how many of you want all of God? You got to be willing to surrender all of you and your opinion and what you think. And go, God, I don't want, I don't want to be set in my opinions. I want to know what you have to say. I don't care what culture says. Why did you write these things down? See, the third thing is you got to magnify the consequences. See, you got to watch your mind and you got to mag- you got to see, like, if you make some bad decisions, what will happen? That's why Proverbs 5, 6 is a, it describes to you everything you will lose if you say yes to the wrong things. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? You will lose everything. Everything you work for. So you need to magnify the consequences in your mind. I would encourage you to sit down and make a list. I've done it. And, and I thought about it. What would happen if you failed sexually? What would happen? I can't. Can I tell you something? I already told you what my wife would do. But I can't imagine, first of all, having to have, to have the conversation that I have to have with my wife. That I've loved. That's loved me. That I've forgiven. That she's forgiven a lot. Are you hearing me? And the next thing is talking to my kids. Sitting down and telling them. Then I can't imagine 
having a conversation with the church. But how about God? Having a conversation with him. The Bible says this in Proverbs 6. But a man who commits adultery lacks judgment. In other words, you know what he didn't do? He didn't think about it. Who, and whoever does so, listen what it says, destroys himself. Passion isn't the problem. It's the containment. Hello? How many you know? How many, let me ask you. How many of you still got passion beating in your chest right now? Come on. The rest of we praying you have revival. It's long. See, there's some places you can have a fire and it's okay outside, right? You can have a fire outside, but it's not good to have a fire right here on the stage. It's where you put it. The last thing is maintain proper relationships. I got to nurture the good ones and I got to get away from the bad relationships that I have. I got to get away from the people. The Bible says bad company, and it's not a name of a band. It's a name of a band, but it says bad company corrupts good morals. What does that mean? And it also says misery loves company. You ever see somebody that's just miserable? How's it going? I don't know. Just a bad day. Terrible, terrible, terrible. The sun's out. Little dust in the sky. Going to get my car all dusty. Really? Well, what's been going on today? Bad. Just bad news all over. Hurt. Disgusted. You hang around people like that, you'll have the same language. You know what I like about being around people that love Jesus? The Bible says you should have a little joy unspeakable and full of his glory. I love being around people that are, hey, man, how's it going? We loud. That's one thing about Denny. He's loud. I heard him from parking my truck this morning. Hey, he's loud. But I love it when I hear people that aren't afraid to share their faith. You know what that makes me? It stirs something inside of me. God, if they can be like that, make me like that. Man, my listen, I want to be someone like John Wesley. He said, you know, when he preached, he said, you know what? We're going to believe for a fire to come down. And I want some people, I want people to come. And he prayed, God, come let people see me burn for you. I want to burn bright. I want to burn clean. I don't want to hide things. I want those relationships. I've learned a long time ago. If I'm not in love with my wife, every day I'll be thinking about having adultery. Are you hearing me? But that's why. What keeps me is I'm in love with her. She's my brown-eyed girl, baby. But the more I'm in love with her, the less I want to do something stupid. You know what? Maintain proper relationship with your spouse and those who you're accountable to. Listen, I've I've invited men in my life that can speak truth into my life. And you know what that does for my wife? When I talk to those kind of men and then I share what's going on with my life, that brings security to her. That makes her feel safe. That means like we can have a successful marriage and they can call me out and say, quit being stupid and quit being selfish, Bubba, and love your wife. 
I've had a few of those conversations. You know, even if you've ever been to our offices, I design the office doors that have glass. Because there shouldn't be anything weird going on. We want to, it's, it's just for people to walk in that we want to be transparent. We have nothing to hide and nothing to cover up. And I'll just say this. I, I don't allow myself to be alone with a woman. I made it a policy since I've been a Christian. I just don't. Look, if I'm at the office and one of the ladies in there, I try to get out. I'll go walk around, wait till someone comes. Or talk to my wife, hey. He says, Pastor, are you, are you, do you have a problem? No. I'm just trying to keep problems from me. Amen. I don't want to give the devil a chance to, I just want to give the devil a chance to be around here. I'd rather the devil be outside the doors crying. And one of our ushers goes, what are you crying? Hey, buddy, what are you crying for? Because everybody's trying to blame me for everything that's going on, but I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Praise God. Get out of here. Proverbs, let me just wrap this up. Proverbs 13, 26. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. There's three responses you can have to this message today. The first response is just be defensive. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? It's not, it's not bad to see a little skin on HBO, Pastor Bubba. Come on. I can handle it. What's, what's your problem? Look, look at me. Look at me. No, you can't. I've had people give stupid decisions and give me things why they can do this and why they can do that. It will affect you. If you open the door, because, you know, can I tell you something? You don't know what's in your DNA. You don't know. You know, I, I've, I've had people that I know that say, well, it's, it's okay to drink a little wine. But here's the thing is, later down the road, because the, the very thing that they were trying to get comfort from, they become a full-blown alcoholic. I just learned this. You ain't going to worry about me. I don't drink. Oh, well, I do. I do. I drink the new wine. And if you want to know what the new wine is, look in the Bible. I don't want to give the enemy, because I have family members that are full-on blown, like, drunk as a skunk. You, I can, you can't do, there's certain things. I talked to a guy this week, and he's a great guy, and he wants to be a mighty man of God. He said, Pastor Bubba, I know if I do this one thing, I'm the kind of person, if I do it one time, I'm like all the way. I said, I know, brother, I know. He said, well, Pastor Bubba, you know what? You're being defensive. Well, you know what? My marriage, you got a nice wife. You don't know my wife. She's mean. I know we're living together, Pastor Bubba, but it's cheaper. Oh, really? You're going to let the government be your supply or you're going to trust God and let him be your supply? I mean, if you're going to live right, do it right. We can have a marriage at the end of the service. You want to get right? We'll, We'll do a wedding right now. I've seen it happen. You coming up, well, Pastor, you're coming up with every reason 
to just, you know, see, some of you, you're coming up with every reason to justify the way you are and the way you want to live. That's, can I just tell you what that is? That's rebellion. And you need to soften your heart. The second thing is you need to have remorse. What do you mean? You may say, I'm dirty. I'm nasty, Pastor Bubba. I'm a sinner and I'm hopeless. The devil wants you to feel that. There's a difference between two things I want to talk to you about. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation says you're dirty, rotten, messed up. You'll never make it. You'll always be there. There's no way out. That's condemnation. That is the voice of the enemy. Conviction, he goes, yeah, you are messed up. And there's some things in your life that need to change. But there's a way out. And, and I want to help you. And you don't have to be stuck in this for the rest of your life. And you can be free. Just come to me. And the last thing is. It's a word that we don't like to use anymore. But it's, it's in the Bible. It's called repentance. Repentance is simply this. This is all it is. God, you're able to heal me. You're able to forgive me. And you're right, and I need to change my mind and agree with you. Are you hearing me? God, you're right. Change me means your whole life changes. And see, listen, when you, listen, if someone's, listen, in marriage, if someone's messed up in your marriage, and they ask you to forgive them, look at me, I want to tell you something. And they've blown it. You need to have the same grace God has had with you. With them. That God has forgiven you. He's poured out his grace. He's helped you. And he's strengthened you. And it's your moment to forgive them. To help them. And to strengthen them. Amen. Amen. Are y'all with me this morning? Okay, I'm done. Second Corinthians. And it says this. Second Corinthians 7.10. Godly sorrow brings repentance. That leads to salvation. And love this. Leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. This morning, maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord. And you go, Pastor Bob, I've lived a life where I've allowed the misery of this world and this culture to get a hold of me. And I know that I'm not where I need to be. But when you share with it, I want, I want my mind to be different. I don't want to live by the culture. I want to take on what God has for me. Maybe you're here and your marriage in where it needs to be, but you go, God, I want you to breathe on my marriage. Listen, y'all sit, sit down. No one walking around right here. If you're a married couple and your mate's with you this morning, I want you to stand up and I want you to hold their hand this morning. I'm going to pray over the marriages. It's not a mistake you've been through this series. It's not a mistake that Pastor Joe, come on up here, baby. I don't want to hold anybody's hand but yours. Hey, I'm getting, hey, I'm making deposits in the love bank, baby. (laughs) Let me just pray for you. Father, right now, you see every marriage. You know the struggles. You know the pain. You know the joys. And Lord, this morning, I pray for every marriage. I pray for a hedge of protection. I pray for forgiveness, the flow in marriages. Those that have struggled, they've been the weaker vessel in their marriage. I pray that the other would begin to strengthen and love them and give to them and bless them. 
Father, I pray against every lie the enemy would have upon hearts and minds. And that, God, that you would breathe upon people in an incredible way this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give a hand clap for all the married couples. If you're single, you can sit down, married couple. If you're single and you're going, whew, I want to get married. Hey, I remember I was single. I was looking to who made me devour. No, who am I? But if you're single, it's not a time for you to scope out who else is single. But if you're single and you say, God, I heard what was said this morning. I want to be pure in my mind, in my heart, in my decisions. If that's you this morning, I want you to stand up to your feet. and say, I want to honor God in all that I do and all that I say. If you're single and you want to honor God, I'm going to give you an opportunity to stand up right now. And you need God's power. You need God's grace in your life this morning. Father, you see every single person this morning. And Lord, you know the battles they've had. You know the struggles they've walked through. And Lord, I pray that you wouldn't just give them a mate, but you would give them the person that you've designed for them to have. That Lord, they would prepare to be the better half, even right now. I pray that you would give them your grace to live with self-control. They, they would have a power that comes from you that you would touch and that you would minister to. And right now, I pray your grace and your strength over their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Let's give them a hand. Come on, you can be seated. Thank you. I'm done. But here's the thing, and I'm going to give it to Pastor Josh. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that your relationship, your relationship, your personal relationship with Jesus is really not where it needs to be. And you have an opportunity to meet him and say, God, I want to make things right because I know that I haven't lived the way that I should that would be pleasing to you. And because of that, I've got myself, I've made a lot of decisions that are outside of your design for my life. I just want you to bow your head close your eyes. Pastor Josh, come on up. And if that's you, I'm going to have Pastor Josh pray over you. Pastor Josh. Come on, will you just repeat this after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me today. I repent of my sins. I turn from my ways and I turn to you. Thank you for giving me a fresh start a place in heaven, and a relationship with you. Today, I commit my life to you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...